fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. It is a Friday. You finally made it to the end of the week. I am Andy Hoosier. Thanks for hanging out with us today to wrap up your week as you head home to your thing. Or maybe you're listening on the podcast thereafter in your basement or in your garage. Have an adult beverage. However you listen to this program, we love you. We appreciate it very much. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station multiple stations across the country radio tv live streaming and podcasting wherever you may be watching or listening we appreciate you very very much your millennial general reports for duty i got to admit i was really excited today to listen to the live stream of the cpac convention all day and find some uh, little clips and snippets from that one and talk about cpac for the majority of the show today and then i got to be honest i got sucked into the shenanigans going on with russia and ukraine and ended up paying attention more to that today than anything else and i got to admit i'm angry a little bit i'm really angry this all all of it could have been completely avoided. And I get 2020's hindsight. I get you can't do anything about it now. How do you go forward, moving forward? But sanctions aren't going to be the thing that makes them withdraw and pull away and just say, oh, never mind. There's been hundreds of people that have been dead. There are 100,000 people that have been displaced, according to the United Nations. And they're not doing a damn thing about it. And it's a little frustrating. At the same time, we've seen video of some positivity and some frustration all at the same time. The mayor of Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, has taken a photo of him in military garb with the firearm, saying that he is not leaving town. The president of Ukraine is also in Kiev in military garb, ready to fight, saying that he is not leaving either, while they say that the invasion of Ukraine is just beginning. Now, I know you've probably heard a lot about this all day long. You're probably getting sick and tired of hearing it. But I want to take it to a different level and make you think just a little bit deeper about this issue. A few things to put into perspective here, and you and I usually know this. It's not common. It's common sense to you and I. It's kind of a rhetorical question for you and I as conservatives, not so much on the other side of the aisle. So I'm begging, I am pleading for the other side to just ponder this for just a second on how useless, on how stupid, on how corrupt, on how absurd the idea is of socialism, a big government, of international and global governments, and how they're not doing a damn thing about any of this. NATO number one, I mean, I had the question asked me just before the show. Said, Andy, what, uh, You, we get it, you're angry, you're upset, things are going on, this is crazy. What do we do about it? Today, what do we do? And my first comment was, first off, you know, I don't know what to do now. I really don't. It's out of our hands now because we what we should have done should have been done way prior to this. You lay down so many sanctions upon Russia and Putin uh, before any of this even got to this point that they can't even consider thinking about doing what they're doing right now. That's what should have happened. While Joe Biden says that his sanctions are going to be long-term hits against Russia, not from us, but uh, not just from us, but along the European Union, along all the other nations as well, all the sanctions being placed on Russia, they shouldn't have been placed in after the invasion, they should have been put in with him even considering invading Ukraine. Be like, uh-uh, this isn't going to happen. We're going to take everything away. We want your assurance that you will not do anything of this sort in any way, shape, or form, and then we'll release the sanctions from you again. But we're going to make sure that you don't have the capability of doing this. 
That's number one. Again, 2020 hindsight, we should have, you know, we can always look at it 100% easier, you know, looking in the past, but now we're a little day late and a dollar short on that front. So the sanctions really say, okay, we're going to punish you now, but Ukraine's going to be collateral damage, as we talked about yesterday. I've seen videos today. I want to start off with the positive one first. There is a woman, an older woman, who uh, approaches the military of Russia and really just says, what are you, what the blankety blank are you doing here? This is our land. What are you doing here? And she really stood her ground. Now she walked off afterwards after kind of cussing him out and doing her thing. But she she stood her ground. While the government originally tried to tell the people as the invasion's happening, like in the last day or so, while the government's trying to say, go about your business, go to work as normal, go do your thing as normal, this is not normal time. Again, this is the largest European invasion of another country since World War II. That's a concerning thought. Right now, we've heard word that Ukraine has now armed up 16 or 18,000 civilians in the capital of Kiev to try and fight off military soldiers from Russia. And the invasion is just apparently, according to some reports, just ramping up. The sad part about this is that it has been taken to another level that, again, reinforces my concept. Listen up, progressives. Listen up, liberals. Listen up, Democrats. Listen up to big socialist-minded individuals. This really shows and proves the case that the United Nations, in any concept of a, of a global government in any way, shape, or form, um, is completely irrelevant doesn't do anything. We have to recognize this and come to that conclusion. Andy, what do you mean? We like the United Nations. Well, most conservatives don't. I'm talking as a progressive in that sense. Here's what I mean. While the invasion was happening, we heard the report that Vladimir Putin was speaking to the United Nations. They're on many of the committees. What is the United Nations doing right now? They're watching an invasion of a country. And, of course, they do this all the time. They watch massacres going on in Africa all the time. They watch these genocidal maniacs down in different parts of the country, in different parts of the globe, doing these crazy things all the time. And they do nothing. And, in fact, these people sit on these councils in the United Nations while they sit by and they watch it happen and they don't stop it from happening in any way, shape, or form. So anybody that supports the United Nations, anybody that thinks a global government that's going to keep some kind of world peace and stop a world war from happening is absolute lunatics. They're absolutely lunatics. They have no concept of reality in any way, shape, or form. Here's the next part of it. The United Nations needs to be involved. I've watched a video, which I got to admit, I didn't realize there were so many people that I were fans of, celebrities, uh, either musicians or Hollywood stars or people. I didn't know how many of them were actually Ukrainian until this all came out. And they've come out and saying, hey, uh, I have family there. This is where I live. This is my homeland, whatever. Uh, there's a rock band called Ginger, J-I-N-J-E-R. I'm a big fan of them. They're a little bit on the heavier side. So unless you like really, really hard rock and metal, I don't encourage you to go listen to it. But they're from the Ukraine. And actually, I'm supposed to see them in like a month. Not that my needs are in comparison to what they're going through in any way, shape, or form. That's kind of like Joy Behar. Or was it, is that who it was on The View? Like, I'm not going to be able to take my vacation to Italy. We're not talking about that, but I am excited to see them in a month if they're able to make it out. But I have gotten word, according to their Facebook page, that they are safe and sound as of right now. And God bless them and thank God for that. Catherine Wenick, if you watch the show Vikings, the uh, Lagatha, the main female character in Vikings, she is also from the Ukraine. I was on her Instagram earlier today and saw a video that broke my heart, broke my heart, and it angered me beyond belief. Like, in a complete rage, I wanted to go and do something about this. It made me sad beyond belief, where I shed a tear and I had to say a prayer. Where, uh, and you may have seen this video, may not, I don't know. 
There's a video of a tank rolling down the street. A guy that's in an apartment complex is videotaping this crane, this tank rolling down the street on one side of the road. There is a civilian car driving on the other side of the road going the opposite direction. The tank changes course, goes over the center median line with the intent to completely smash and roll over the car. Does so, rolls over the entire car smushes the individual and just keeps on going as if nothing ever happened. The next clip of the video showed individuals trying to get the older individual, it was an elderly individual, out of the car that was completely smushed. And I don't know if he was injured. I did not see. I don't know. But that's what they're dealing with right now. This is what the Biden administration and the United Nations and the European Union and everybody else says is acceptable as collateral damage for a long-term punishment against the Ukraine instead of stopping it dead in its tracks or being able to prevent it a week or two ago. This is what we're up against. They don't care. They are in for complete punishment of anybody because they're not part of the Soviet. They're not uh, going along with hoorah to Russia. And they are punishing it randomly. Just a tank. Just steering course, changing course, driving to the other side of the road, smushing a car and going about its business. It angered me. It broke my heart. And I sat back and, and thought, wow, this is what the Biden administration is deeming as acceptable because while they came out yesterday and, oh, we're going to talk tough and we're going to put in these sanctions, and while he admitted that it's not going to stop the invasion right now, it's just going to be a long-term punishment. While that's going on, he has another speech today, another press conference that Joe Biden holds, so obviously they're doping him up with a heck of a lot of steroids. You doing all right, Joe? You feeling, you feeling decent? Doing okay? Come on, man. I'm sorry. Get a life. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right, so while he makes his press conference today, it's not about Ukraine and Russia with things heating up there with the potential first wave of the invasion and lots more to come potentially. No, no, no. It's about the fact that we need to focus on internal politics to continue to just rub in the politics against Donald Trump, to rub in the politics against the Republicans, to rub in the politics about what they're going to do to try and change course of America. Now they can't do a whole lot because... Uh, obviously, you know, they only have limited ability. But according to CNN, he has officially nominated his U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Now, this couldn't have waited a couple of weeks. He wanted to do it by the end of February. I get it. But this couldn't have waited, you know, a couple of weeks or a month or so until after the majority of the Ukrainian-Russian issue was done. This should be maybe front and center. I don't remember. Maybe it's happened. Don't quote me on this. But I don't remember the last time a president was like, you know, there's a major war going on. A major conflict going on, but we're going to talk about social justice. Like, I, what? What are you talking about here? We have a Supreme Court justice now that is not qualified, in my opinion, but uh, according to Joe Biden, she is because it's all about the race. It's all about the identity politics. She's a woman. She's black. And that's all that really matters to him. As Ketanji, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Ketanji Brown Jackson has been nominated to be the first black woman to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court, according to CNN, because that is all that matters. I'm going to see if I can find it here on the fly because there was a report card from Ketanji Brown Jackson. Oh, here it is, uh, where... Obviously, this is not about her qualifications. It's not about whether she'd be good on the Supreme Court. It's the fact that she is a woman, that she is black, and she is extremely anti-Trump. She rolled against Donald Trump in many different administration uh, decisions and struck down conservative policies. She has worked for the Obama presidential campaign and donated to Barack Obama. So obviously, she's nonpartisan and just looks straight at the legal issues, right? 
She also has a record of defending terrorists who have detained in Guantanamo Bay, trying to defend them and advocating for them while even in her private practice, even after leaving her job as a public defendant. So not quite the most uh, American individual to stand there and represent the United States. But by golly, Joe Biden didn't care about any of that. It was the agenda. Now, remember, I mean, she's replacing an already progressive U.S. Supreme Court justice, so it doesn't really do much to the Supreme Court. But it's really the principle of the thing of what we're trying to stand for. Yeah, I get it. Okay, she's black. I get it. Okay, she's a woman. Wow, that's, you know, check off the check the nice little boxes to say that we've accomplished something when maybe we should look at somebody that's a little bit more qualified. Or let's even expand it out beyond that. Why are we making decisions like this when something devastating is happening in Ukraine right now? Andy, what do we do? UN needs to handle this. Not the U.S. There's nothing we can do. We're not going to start a physical war. We don't want to start a physical war, and we shouldn't. This is out of our hands now. What do we do? 2020's hindsight. Yeah, we could have put sanctions in two weeks ago to stop this, but we didn't. What do we do now? NATO needs to take up and grow us, grow a backbone and say, sorry, but Ukraine is going to be part of NATO because why the heck not? We're trying to bring a collective here if that's what you're going to do. And oh, by the way, United Nations, there are criminal uh, war crimes happening right now with, with soldiers literally just going on the rampage against civilians that are just trying to go about their business because they were told to go about their business. What are you going to do about it? The answer to that is nothing because uh, the United Nations has a veto majority against uh, with Russia in control of that. So Russia is in control of part of the global government that's going to stop them from doing harmful acts to humanity. And that is why a global government is going to mean absolutely zero zilch nada. Listen up, progressives. Your policies of trying to centralize everything because it's better for humanity is stupid and completely goes against your entire agenda. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, all right, I think we're good. I think we're good. We're going more. We're going more zen. Everybody take a deep breath in. Realize that we can't do much about it right now. we got to let it ride out and see what the heck happens. That's the unfortunate part, isn't it? And again, I'm advocating. If you're a Democrat, if you're a progressive, for the love of God, email me. HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Let me know and defend your position in some way, shape, or form. Why a tyrant who is part of the United Nations is able to get away with what he wants to do just because the United Nations doesn't have enough votes in the United Nations to vote against them to go after him. That is the epitome of corruption, is it not? I mean, that's the prime example of why a global government is completely absurd and stupid, but yet they're the only hope we have. And right now we've kind of had this situation where we've drawn the line in the sand. Hey, don't you dare invade Ukraine. Don't you do it. So what does he do? He goes into the uh, the separatist regions that were independent. Don't you do it? All right, all right we're going to draw the line there. Don't you actually invade Ukraine? Don't you do it? He walks over that line. Now we're bulking up in the Poland. We're bulking up in Germany. We're bulking up. He's come out with a statement apparently now that says that uh, don't you allow uh, Sweden and I forget another country into NATO as well or else there'll be repercussions. He's making the demands and everybody's just like, oh, you can make that threat, but don't you actually do it. He doesn't. And what are we doing to, to actually respond to this? It's absolutely absurd. I did laugh, though, in a ha-ha, like now things are getting really interesting and I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> because there was a report that Anonymous, remember those guys? I haven't heard from Anonymous in a long time, that online secrecy group that exposes a lot of government different things going on shadow operations different documents showing what's really going on behind the scenes with different agendas well apparently anonymous now has declared official cyber war on russia where they shut down the rt tv channel that a lot of individuals watch it broadcasts here in the u.s it broadcasts the united kingdom it broadcasts all over the place with rt Yes, that is Russian propaganda. That is a Russian-run channel. And uh, apparently Anonymous has hacked in and has been able to stop that transmission, or at least stop their website to some degree. And they're working on trying to infiltrate Russian government databases as well. I don't know how successful they're going to be on that front, but man, that just got interesting because now we have a cyber warfare going on between Russia and and that group, we did get word as well, by the way, and I know I'm throwing a loud at you today. It's a Friday. I want to be a little bit more lighthearted, but it, it got me burned up today. So this has been kind of lingering on my mind. This is my weight. This is my political therapy here. I got to get it out. All right. <laughs> uh, there was also word, according to the United Kingdom officials, that the American company of NVIDIA, which is a software company that makes the microchips, you know, the chips that we're on short on because you know, of chipping them in and we can't make a whole lot of computers or make a whole lot of uh, uh, vehicle chips, computer chips. Yeah, NVIDIA, they've apparently been hacked by the Russians now. Don't know what that means. Don't know what kind of repercussions that means. Don't know what type of result that's going to lead to. But apparently NVIDIA has now been 
hacked by the Russians, supposedly. Supposedly. That was uh, one headline that I have seen today. So that is a little bit concerning as well. So what do we do? We pray. There's been over 100,000 individuals displaced. There are civilians that are taking up arms in Kiev trying to defend their country. And we have the largest powerhouses in the world doing absolutely nothing other than just placing sanctions on Putin for long-term punishments. I guess even China now is wanting to do something. I don't know if that's true or not. I doubt it because they're kind of BFF. But uh, no one's doing anything except for the long-term. Like, don't do that. Like, that's, I mean, that's where we're at right now. Just don't do that. Just stop that. I'm trying to find, oh, here it is. Let's see if, uh, Joe Biden, can you can you talk tough? Talk tough to Russia, please. Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> that's the toughness that we have from Joe Biden right now. Joe Biden, tell Vladimir Putin to back off. Stop it. Stop it now. Ah, you're very tough talk there, Joe. Thank you very much for that. When we come back, we'll shift gears. I want to keep it somewhat lighthearted on the program today. It's the end of the week. Do we really need to be that angry and worked up? Unfortunately, we do. But David Legates, he'll be joining us from the Independent Institute. He'll talk about climate change, which I'm sure ties into this as well with all the energy, the oil, the natural gas, everything that really runs the Russian economy as well. How does that fit into this situation? Plus, we'll talk about the climate change policies going on from the Biden administration here in the U.S. of A. as well. Lots more coming up for a Friday on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the show already on a Friday goes by so fast, especially when you're all fired up. I don't mean to be fired up for a Friday, but by golly, man, it's just frustrating. You see the writing on the wall. It's like the train wreck where you know what's about to happen and you scream at the top of your lungs, don't do it, (laughs) and then it still happens. What can you do? So we'll continue to watch the Ukrainian-Russian issue. We'll talk more about it later. I, I had some comments on the live stream asking, what could Trump have done, you know, since you're making fun of Joe Biden? I mean, Joe Biden, you got to talk tough, buddy. Got to talk. Can you talk to Vladimir Putin tough? Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that Trump would have been able to uh, prevent it um, forever, indefinitely. But I know that Vladimir Putin for sure did wait to see what was going to happen with our election to see whether Trump was going to still be in office or whether Joe Biden was going to be in because he knew Joe Biden was going to be extremely weak. The benefit we had with Trump was that he was unpredictable and that he did act uh, quickly. 
And I look at the COVID-19 pandemic when he cut off trade uh, or cut off uh, transportation and travel back and forth from China well before the uh, the medical experts told him to do so with concerns about COVID-19 at the beginning of that one in 2020 or even 2019 at the end of that year. Uh, he was quick on the terrorist issue with trying to keep everybody safe like he was a response that was pretty quick. Joe Biden, we got to get him out of bed. We got to pour about four cups of coffee down him. We got to inject him with some steroids. We got to get him up on the podium. We got to make him read the teleprompter without diverting from the teleprompter. It's a bit of a process. So I think Putin did wait to see what was going to happen with our election. And while he had his plans, he maybe would have done it a different way if Trump was still in office. I don't know. I don't have 2020 hindsight on that one. What I do know is that it's very easy for him to play Joe Biden like a fiddle. I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to shift gears a little bit because that's a very frustrating issue. And let's talk about something just a little bit different. What do you say? What's trending today? And I guess this ties in a little bit with what's going on with Russia, with obviously the uh, with oil and the natural gas. And that's really the heart and soul of the economy in Russia. But as we talk about climate change, because that's apparently the most uh, favorite thing that the Biden administration likes to talk about is uh, global warming and with climate change and the Green New Deal and all this other garbage you're trying to push. Is there a conversation still to be had here? Because according to the quote, and I use this in air quotes for my radio listeners, uh, the mainstream and the science is settled. Remember, like Fauci, he's not supporting science. He is science like Fauci. So, so I think the same goes with climate change, right? The the climate experts and the scientists say this, the, the conversation is done. It's over. The climate change is here and we just need to go along with their uh, assessment. So, is that really true the case? I'm happy to have on the program. He's a research fellow at the Independent Institute. You can find them online at independent.org. Also co-author of the book Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. Happy to have on the program David Legates with us here. David, how are you, my friend? Okay, nice to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the program. So here's the big question. What is left out of the conversation right now when it comes to global warming and climate change? Well, I mean, you started off with the idea that the science is settled, and if anybody knows anything about science, they always know the science is never settled. I mean, we're still discussing what do we mean by gravity, uh, you know, at the uh, extreme uh, astronomical or at subatomic levels, gravity is completely different than what we thought it was. So mm. even gravity isn't settled. So why do we think something as complicated as climate change would be settled science? That's a great question. Now, what have we learned as, I mean, what they like to throw, and I know this issue has been so politicized that it's scary, and science shouldn't be politicized. We saw that with the climate change argument, you know, all the way up till now. We've seen that with the COVID issue all the way up till now. It's been so politicized that now all of a sudden you have to have one side or the other. But uh, with this issue, when did it become politicized? Because I just remember the uh, the press conference with Ted Cruz a few years back where scientists say, well, we concur with the 97% of scientists that this is all done. When did it get to that point of if you question this, then you're in the wrong and automatically a hateful human being that hates the earth? It got to that point when we could use it to further other agendas. I mean, this has never been about the climate for an awful long time. I mean, when I got started back in the late 70s, it was all global cooling. Mm -hmm. uh, the earth was getting colder and colder, and if if left to its own devices, we were going to wind up in the next ice age. and Somehow, be uh, from you know about the 1980s and the 1990s, the temperature started to rise again. And the next thing you know, well, the idea is this becomes the 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 action item by which we can get change on a global scale. And so, climate change is simply the mechanism by which 
the, the global system gets changed. Mm. With the changes they're trying to propose legislatively, would that actually curb whether, uh, I mean, obviously the climate is changing in some way, shape, or form. With all the changes they are proposing with the Green New Deal, with all these different mandates, with all the different control the government wants, would that do anything to the climate changing it one way or the other? Nothing. And that's what we've seen from years and years of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. They propose all of these draconian uh, cutbacks in carbon dioxide, and carbon dioxide continues to rise at the same rate it has even without all these discussions. So what good have they come to? Well, the answer is, from a climate standpoint, they've done nothing, but they've done an awful lot to change the way in which business is operated. And this is a move away from a capitalist society to a more collectivist and a more controlling totalitarian society. globally economy. Yeah, that's the scary part about this. Uh, when we talk about like CO2 credits and you know being able to have a certain amount of CO2 you're allowed to produce as a manufacturing company and you can sell those credits and you get capped sort of thing, I'm assuming, maybe you can enlighten me a little bit more on this, but I'm assuming that most private businesses laugh at that concept and it's pretty dangerous if that actually gets implemented. It's very dangerous if it gets implemented. And part of the problem too is that we've or they've started to move away from that because they realize, you know, that's actually a capitalist solution to a problem that we really don't want to address. <laughs> so why go, but why go down the road of capitalism when we can just come at it from a forced governmental control type of situation rather than simply saying, well, you can trade cap and trade, you can do pollution, you can put carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but you have to pay for it. The idea is we'll just tell you exactly how much you can or cannot put into the atmosphere and control you that way. Mm, do consumers want this? I saw a commercial a couple of weeks ago. Uh, of a car dealership. I don't remember what kind of dealer it was, what type of model it was of a vehicle. But they were talking about their new electric vehicles and how the, the demand is high and you wanted this, so we gave it to you sort of thing. I don't remember anybody asking for these electric vehicles. What I do remember is the Obama administration saying that auto industry had until a certain year to be a fully electric or to be a certain percent electric or whatever. And they forced the industry to adapt into that now they're trying to sell these vehicles and saying that you as the consumer actually wanted this in some way, shape, or form, but I don't remember asking for this. I don't remember it either, and that's part of the issue is that if you force things, I mean, it, it's at first it's nudge, then it's push, and then it's shoot. Yeah. So the argument is we keep, you know, we want you to go here, and we're going to make you go there one way or another. And this is, and the, the question, of course, is this is not about electric cars because then the question comes, where are we producing all this electricity? And you know where we're producing electricity. It's fossil fuels. <laughs> so just because you've moved to an electric car doesn't mean you have a fossil-free vehicle. Exactly. We're talking with David Legates. He is with the Independent Institute. Find them online, independent.org. Also the book, Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. Let's talk about the science for a second here, shall we? And let's talk about the rising temperatures or the sea levels rising. I know that we already passed the Al Gore deadline a few years back of when the sea levels are going to rise by like 20 feet and half of the East Coast and West Coast is going to be underwater. Florida was going to be non-existent any longer. Why Why? why didn't that happen? Because <laughs> it was never going to happen. I mean, here's, here's been the issue. I mean, they always want to set dates. You've got, you know, eight years to act. You've got, you know, 16 years or whatever it's going to be. You know, the, the Glacier National Park, is all the glaciers are going to be gone by the year 2020. And none of these ever happen. So, like Glacier National Park, 
on January 1st, 2020, they simply went out and removed all the signs. Uh, there's still glaciers there. There's still sea level. I mean, sea level has been rising for the last 20,000 years, and it's been rising at a fairly steady rate over the last 150 or so years since we have measurement, and it probably will continue for the next 150 years. It has everything to do with the fact that we haven't yet reached equilibrium. Uh, the uh, the Earth is slowly warming as a result of coming out of the last ice age, and eventually we'll get to a point either we'll go into the next ice age or what will happen is we'll simply continue until we melt all the polar ice caps. But it has very little to do with changes in carbon dioxide. As you know, I testified in Congress, and the, the, the guy uh, testifying next to me was asked the question, you know, if, car, if water vapor is the most important greenhouse gas, why are we focusing so much on carbon dioxide? And his answer was, because we can't regulate water vapor, but we can regulate carbon dioxide. And that's the name of the game, is regulation and control, not addressing climate issues at all. Amen to that. It's all about the regulation and all about the control in the private sector. Storm-wise, we've seen, of course, the media try to run as well, talking about higher storms. I mean, I live in Kansas, where my flagship radio station is. We obviously have tornadoes. We went this week from 70 degrees on Tuesday to negative 5 and snowy on Wednesday, uh, back and forth. To some, this is like, oh, this is prime example of the climate change and how we had 70-degree weather in February and how it's so warm and how this is all crazy and things are warming up with severe storms and seeing tornadoes in December in some parts of the country with uh, hurricanes. And I did laugh with that, uh, you know, so Hollywood stars that were like the hurricanes and the, or the uh, earthquakes. The earthquakes are part of climate change going on. Uh, with all the crazy storms, is this a sign of the climate changing? Uh, not at all. I mean, if you look at long-term records, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, they're going through cyclical patterns, but they're not becoming more intense. They're not becoming more frequent. I mean, you can, you can do these one-off scenarios. I mean, I live here in Delaware. Uh, a year and a half ago, I had a tornado move through about 100 feet from my house. Uh, when I lived in Oklahoma, I had a tornado after I moved tore up the house that I was living in. So yeah. see how it's coming, you know, because that never happened to me growing up. Sure. But the argument is when you start to look at everything in context, when you look at all of the basins all over the world, at hurricanes, when you look at tornadic events and look at those all put together, hey. you see no long-term trend. No long-term trend. Dre, we got to take a break. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Hang tight. we got to take a break here. It's a Friday episode of The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes here of the show goes by way too fast. Your millennial general doing the thing. Your political therapist trying to therify you. Let you know that even though we are frustrated on many issues, things are okay. <laughs> and we can be a little zen on issues. By the way, CPAC is still ongoing. I was going to play some of the live stream, but... Right now, they're kind of at a dinner break. Uh, president, uh, Former President Donald Trump's going to speak tomorrow night, FYI. At the same time, there are some really interesting committees or uh, conversations and panel discussions going on on Saturday and on Sunday, including the moron-in-chief for Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, the great state of Colorado. She'll be on that one. Uh, Buck Sexton will be on that one, along with a few other individuals. The government is dangerous for your health. Biden's breadlines, lines, <laughs> uh, along with some other great uh, different panels that will be going on. So highly recommend. I've told you about CPAC. I love CPAC. We'll probably get some of those clips and play those on the show on Monday as well for you. So uh, just get ready for that one. We'll also keep you posted on what's going on with the latest Russia and Ukrainian issue, unfortunately, as we go through those issues as well. Right now, though, Let's uh, keep our conversation going. I appreciate him sticking on here a little bit longer with us. He is David Legates. He is the author of the book Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. He's also a fellow at the Independent Institute. Find them online at independent.org. David, let's go and talk about moving forward with this discussion. Obviously, since the science is never quote-unquote settled, which, by the way, I find that very concerning because whether it is, like you mentioned, with physics, whether it's with the understanding of gravity or the dark matter of the universe or whether it's climate change or whether it's COVID or whether when you just say the science is settled, that means that we're not looking to test it or challenge it any longer. And that means we're not going to grow scientifically anymore. And that's very concerning to me, isn't it? That's very much disconcerting. And that's part of the problem is whenever you hear somebody say the science is settled, it means they've already decided on an outcome and a solution. That's probably when you need to put your hand on your wallet because that's where they're headed. Mm, that is very true. But let's move this forward to the conversation in the future. If the science is quote unquote settled and we try to have a conversation, what are your tips? How can we counter this agenda of the scientists settled, get out your pocketbooks, raise your taxes, and just give up your freedom because you're harming the earth in some way, shape, or form. How do we combat that in a conversation? Well, you got to be uh, educated and informed. Uh, you've got to be able to understand what the actual issue is, that the issue is not to argue that uh, climate never changes, because climate does change. It always has changed and always will, that humans can induce, can infect our climate. We know very well, for example, 
the effect of the urban heat island exists and things like that. We have to recognize, though, that it's not carbon dioxide that's the magical control knob of climate, that the sun plays a much more important role, and that carbon dioxide is probably only a very minor player in climate change. And once you sort of understand the actual science and where carbon dioxide fits in to the grand scheme of things, then you start to recognize that addressing issues of carbon dioxide isn't going to have any impact on climate whatsoever, but rather is going to have impact on other areas of your life. And that's generally what people are looking to try to do, is control other things with, carbon, with climatology being essentially the, the means to the end, but not an important end to worry about. Now, that is very true. Things that are out of our control, so we make something up that's in our control and then try to control that one. So are we really talking about either maybe closeness to the sun or maybe the atmosphere and allowing sun rays coming in that may be heating things up? Or, you know, I mean, is there something we can do about, I guess we can't really control the sun, but what can we control in this situation? Well, the question is, why do we need to control anything? The issue (laughs) is that generally uh, the Earth has done better under warmer periods. Uh, plants grow better under warmer temperatures. Plants in particular grow better under more carbon dioxide. If you ever go into a greenhouse, most plate greenhouses, commercial greenhouses, will increase the carbon dioxide contra- concentration by a factor of four. Uh, why is that? Because plants grow better with more carbon dioxide, and in particular they become more water efficient. So a world with more carbon dioxide and slightly warmer temperatures is a better world, not just for plants, but also for humans. We know historically that in warmer periods, civilization has grown and developed much faster than it has in conditions where it's been colder. And so as a result, warmer temperatures are good. More carbon dioxide is generally good. Uh, Why should we do something to stop what is inherently good for all life on Earth? Yeah, and the cycle continues between the warming and the cooling that's happened for a long, long time. It is Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate, also online at the Independent Institute, independent.org. David, it's great to talk to you, my friend. we got to get you back on the show again sometime soon. Sounds good. Thank you for being here. Hey, appreciate your chat very much. So until then, we're back at it again on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy CPAC. Stay tuned on the latest going on out of Ukraine and Russia. We'll keep you posted on that one as well. Stay tuned to our social media. We'll have some video updates throughout the weekend on that as well. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Make some change in your own community, in your own environment. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio Monday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.